So, uh, over at LifePoint, uh, we have been going through a summer Bible study called Transformed Bible Study. It examines seven key areas of, sp of uh, uh, your life uh, that require, uh, uh, to, uh, is required to be healthy, okay? So, for example, spiritual health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, et cetera, et cetera. So, this past week was the section on financial health, okay? And we, uh, in, a, in my small group, we had a very uh, fruitful discussion. So the sermon is really inspired uh, by that discussion. And today I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about with you about something that we all care for very deeply, money. No, no amens? No one cares about money? Interesting. We will see. All right, so coming from a, uh, uh, being a children's pastor, I like to ask questions. And I like to receive answers, okay? So the questions are not rhetorical, okay? So uh, is our, do we have scripture up here? Yes? Okay. So if everyone can, uh, huh? first one, please. Awesome. All right. That's so high tech. Okay. If everyone can uh, read the scripture with me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. She, Jack, no one... <laughs> Whoa, 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 okay. No one saw that coming, huh? Okay, okay. What, what's the English equivalent? Begin? One, two? Right? Shijak just... Shijak. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And the people of God say... Amen. All right. A show of hands. Who here believes money is valuable? Don't be shy. Okay. Like, like, no. Like, come on. Okay. Good, good. Who here likes money? Wow. Wow. Okay. Some people are, uh, okay. Who here makes money? About half of you. Interesting. Okay. Who has ever fantasized about making more money or even a lot of money? Okay, okay. Who here is currently or has ever been worried about finding a job that will make enough money, whatever enough might be for you? All right, so, so don't worry. These aren't trick questions to weed out the sinners, okay? <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't know if I should. Okay. So on the contrary, these are actually very practical and very real matter-of-life questions that I would say every responsible adult should ask or wonder about. Now, if your life doesn't have these worries, you've been blessed, <laughs> right? You're either too young or you're too fortunate, which is actually a bad thing. Don't clap. Don't clap. That's a bad thing. All right, but regardless of where you start, your relationship with money will grow. It'll intensify. It'll deepen, okay? And this is in proportion to how your life and spirituality matures, right? And this is a, an important discussion to have. So uh, here are, are a couple more questions that you don't have to answer. You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, I want you to think about these questions while I ask them, okay? Is money evil? Is money good? 
and this is where it's going to start getting tricky. Is it sinful to want to make a lot of money? Okay. Is it wrong to desire success in my job or a given field? And should I strive to reach a high position, therefore yielding higher amounts of money? So uh, this is a question uh, that I want you to answer. Has anyone had, ever had the thought to become monetarily successful so that they could uh, use that money for God? Has anyone ever thought that? Has anyone ever prayed that prayer? Okay. Okay. You guys are pretty young, huh? Okay. Interesting. So uh, I posit that every Christian worth their salt has pondered these questions at least once or twice, right? And uh, there's this disparity, I think, in our culture about what we want out of money and what we think God says we should be doing with that money. Uh, it's this idea that uh, 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 there's almost this disparity, like this cognitive dissonance. That's where you have this idea in your head that doesn't fit your reality, right? And uh, th has anyone ever felt that? That as a church-going person, do you ever feel called to be humbler with your money, right? Or at the same time, do you feel like you want or can even make more money than you should, right? And these are interesting questions to answer. But uh, I believe that this is actually an incorrect, misguided line of questioning. And for that, uh, to illustrate this, uh, I want to turn to Matthew chapter 6, uh, 25 through 34. So this is quite a bit, so we'll do like a switch off. I'll read one verse, you read the next, okay? Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And together, she Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, famous story, right? Uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And in, in a larger message about uh, our tendencies to be anxious about our day-to-day -day troubles, Jesus acknowledges a very, uh, a very important couple things about money. One, you and I have basic needs, right? Eating, clothing. And Clothing, you know, to protect, to protect us from the elements, and by extension, like a roof over our heads, right? In 2019, that translates to money, right? Rent, 
groceries, right? You need this money, and we need to buy things to provide for ourselves and provide for our loved ones. Number two, that our desire, that our worrying about these things is natural. Jesus brings up that even the non-believers seek these things. They are necessities. Your God knows that you need them, okay? Three, uh, that not having enough or just dealing with this in general, it can be very stressful. It's anxiety-inducing. It causes us to worry about tomorrow, fear regarding the unknown future. So that should knock a few of our uh, initial priming questions out of the way. Do we need money and is it important? Answer confidently. Okay. Does the acquisition of money, or especially the lack of money, have the potential to be stressful, cause us to worry? Definitely. Certainly. It will get worse. I promise you that. Now, is money inherently evil? Are you saying no because you heard it in the thing or because that's what you believe? All right, so the answer is no, because if you think about it, it says God knows you need these things. It would be a contradictory statement to say God will give you evil because he knows you need it, right? So money is not evil, right? It can turn into a whole mess of things, but money itself, right, it's not evil. And this brings us to the solution uh, that this story presents to us regarding all money-related issues. And I'm wondering if anyone caught it. Can we bring up the verse again? Did anyone catch the solution that this story suggests? Next slide, please. One more. <laughs> okay, it's here somewhere. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. There is a premise... And there is a promise. Now, for the time being, you guys are easily impressed, huh? Well, it works for me. Now, for the time being, let's just say the second part, the promise, all these things will be added to you. Let's just for the time being say that that is an all-encompassing phrase for God will take care of it, okay? God has your back. And we all want to be there. And, uh, but it, the, the discussion really is more about how we get there, how we get that, right? So I want us to focus more on the first part. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And in considering that, I also want you to notice that I have yet to address some of our initial questions, right? Regarding making a lot of money, wanting to make that money, being successful, high-paying job, and, and does that conflict with what God wants in our lives? So I left these out intentionally. Okay? And this is because I truly believe that the answer to all these questions, they hinge on your understanding and how you live out this premise. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, tell me, uh, what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first? Can anyone here sum this up in one word. So obviously there, there might be a couple answers, but there's one I'm thinking about. If you can get it, I'll buy you boba. 
All right. I can. All right. Uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Sum it up, one word. Money. No. Okay. There are wrong answers. Pardon? Worship. All right, I'll see you for boba at some point. All right. So it is definitely worship, right? So in other words, we could kind of sum it up like this. Worship God first, and God will take care of you, right? Very simple concept, pretty heavy wording. Now, this is very important. What is worship, right? The definition of worship, it tends to go back and forth a little bit uh, among Christian circles. So, a Pharisee asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies, everyone knows this, right? Yes, just nod your head. Yes, I'm going to read it anyway. Okay. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So you see, the way we use the word worship uh, is uh, in the context of our church culture, right? It ought, we, ought, we often use it to refer to the Sunday worship service, right? Our gathering on the Lord's day. Worship, we might also use that word to refer to the time of praise, that we have before the sermon, right? Worship time. Now, while most certainly these acts of singing and attending service, uh, are they are worship, and they are important parts of worship. But just leaving it at that, I would say, is an incomplete understanding of the word. And uh, to illustrate to you just how important this idea of worship is, uh, I want to tell you something Someone once told me, one of my seminary professors of yesteryear said, why doesn't people, do people not say yesteryear anymore? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll work on that. All right. So he's, he told me, if you want an understanding of the importance of worship, just ask the devil. All right. Just ask the devil. Matthew chapter 4 Verses 8 through 9, when Satan tempts Jesus in the wilderness, he says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, Satan said to Jesus, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So Satan tells us, If you worship me, I will give you the world. Right? You worship me, I will give you the world. The currency of your worship, if you were to put a price tag on it, is worth the world. Right? That is how important worship is. Literally, everything the world has to offer, Satan is saying, I will give it to you if you would just but worship me. So what is Satan asking in exchange? What is this idea of worship? And when Jesus says to love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, what is he commanding you to give? So let me ask you this. If you give all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, what's left? 
Pardon? What's left? You give your heart, you give your soul, you give your mind. What's left? So let's, let's ask it this way. If you give all of anything, what's left? Nothing, right? If you give all of anything, nothing is left. That is what all means, right? So you give all of this. And, and someone said strength. I heard it in the background. This includes that because where your heart is, your works, your actions follow. This includes concepts like body, time, and effort, right? It's an all-encompassing term, heart, mind, and soul. You give this, you're giving everything, all right? And I love one-word summaries. So what is Jesus asking you to give in one word? You guys probably hate this by now. Sorry, uh, I heard a lot of mumbling. I, hands. For another cup of boba. Yes, sir. Everything. Everything. All right, I want to be a little more specific. <laughs> That's very broad. Pardon? I heard an answer. Life. All right. So we're going on a date, the three of us. All right. So life, right? That commandment, your worship, in a way, is saying to give up your life. Amen? All right, so now this is very important, right? This idea of giving up our life. Uh, where am I? Okay, cool. Uh, so we, we have nothing left. We're basically giving up everything. We're giving up our life. And I told you that this includes all the physical stuff too, right? The works the body, the time, the effort. So worship is not a singular event, right? It's not a singular act. It's a lifestyle, right? It's a life mission. It's a life statement. It is all of who you are, your entire being, surrendered and positioned in the direction of God. It is acknowledgement that He is God and you are not. Lord over all things, especially over you. Right? And thus, we have two offers. We have two offers. Satan, on the one hand, offers the world in exchange for your worship. And God, on the other hand, offers basic necessities. The basic necessities of life in exchange for your worship. And some of you might be thinking, that's an underwhelming transaction. And if you feel that way, I, let me put it in poetic terms for you. When you, worship the, uh, when you worship the world, right, and this includes ideas like money, Satan will give you everything you could ever want. But when you worship God, God will give you exactly what you need. Okay? There's a difference. What you want versus what you need. And, uh, and I believe giving what we need is what we call love. Right? I, I remember I have a two-year-old. If I gave him what he wants, oh gosh. If I, <laughs> if I gave him what he wants all the time, worst, worst dad of the year, right? Because uh, he doesn't want many things that he needs. <laughs> he, he just wants. All right. So littered throughout the Bible is this idea of what we truly need, which is a path that leads to fulfillment and satisfaction, all right? Versus what we want. 
which is another way of saying what we think we need, right? It's a path that leads to discontentment, a constant longing of a thirst that can't be quenched. And search all you want. You know, you have the freedom to do that. You can search all you want, but there is no neat bow tie around the story of your life apart from God. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 23, Jesus tells his disciples, Truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, I've known rich people who, when they hear that, they kind of shudder a little. But this is not God's prejudice toward the affluent, okay? It's a statement about the heart condition of one with wealth. Uh, right before these words were said to the, the disciples, uh, a rich young man approached Jesus, and he considered, he considered himself a keeper of the commandments. I have been faithful. And he says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, and follow me. And the rich young man couldn't because he, uh, and it says in the Bible, because he had a lot. He had much, right? He couldn't do that. He went away in sorrow. Now, money is a means, right? It's a tool, it, but it's not just any means. Money is the means by which this world operates. It reflects your ability to do things in the world, and it's basically an extension of your power, right? It's an extension of you, essentially. Our attitudes toward money and how you and I use money is a mirror reflection into our hearts. So I challenge you, go home, take a look at what you own. It'll tell you what you worship, okay? A credit card bill statement or a debit card bill for college kids, right? Debit card bill statement is as good as a faith statement. It will tell you where your heart is, okay? Your money will always go where your heart is. The rich young man relied on his money, his wealth. It gave him self-worth, good standing in society, comforts and luxuries. And, you know, I imagine we all want these things. But had he made a decision to sell his wealth and follow Jesus, he would have gained exactly what he needed, Christ, not what he already had. But instead, because he wasn't able to do this, it speaks volumes of what was in his heart, of who he truly worshipped. And despite keeping the commandments, he worshipped himself, his money. And this is not to say, just a disclaimer, I'm not calling all of you to sell your possessions, right? The Bible doesn't say be poor for being poor's sake, okay? That is not the answer. Right? But what I do want you to think about is this. When were you most passionately calling on the Lord's name? Was it during a season of abundance and comfort? Or was it when you were coming from a place of desperation and deep-seated need for God's aid? 
And this is a very important question because humans, you and I, we are wired in a way that in any given situation, we will first try to exhaust all of our human options first, right? We are wired in a way that we will try to solve the problem through our own wisdom, through our own power before we turn to God. It is a very unwise habit that we have. And as long as you have options, it is difficult for you to rely on God. Having a lot of money is synonymous to having a lot of options because money solves problems, right? And that is why we have this parable that a rich man has great difficulty going into heaven because to go to heaven, to see God, to be with God, to meet him, you need to rely on him. But if you're rich, if you have strength, if, if you have youth, right, you can do many things before you will feel the need for a savior, right? Only people who are in trouble need saving, right? So money will often create this illusion that you and I have control over our own lives when in reality all things come from God. And I guarantee you, the more you work, the more you earn money, you'll feel like that money belongs to you. Even though we know in our heads that God gave you the ability to even earn that money in the first place. Our hearts do not have unlimited capacity. You cannot serve two masters. It's the one or the other thing. Multitasking is not a thing. Okay? For those of you who think you can do it, it, you're just really good at switching back and forth, okay? Multitasking does not work, right? Your heart, you, are, you either live fueled by God or you live binging on whatever else you try to fill that void with. Those are your only options. So the questions, right? Is it okay to become rich, successful, and powerful? Yeah, sure, right? That's not what it is about, though. The why and the how matters so much. Money ought never to be your goal, right? All money issues are heart issues when you boil them down, right? It's a fancy way of saying that all money issues are priority issues. Who is Lord over your heart, right? So the, 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 uh, the, the prayer, the desire, I want God, please give me lots of money so I can serve your kingdom. Wrong order. Serve his kingdom. Maybe he'll bless you with money that you can use for his kingdom further, right? But not in that order. That is, that's like saying, God, help me so that I can rely on myself more. Incorrect. Incorrect. So, we Christians, right, you and I, we don't go for the W, right? Is that a, people, do people not say that anymore? No. They said that when I was younger. So, but you and I, instead of W, we go for the G, right? We go for God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Worship him like your life depends on it. Because it totally does, right? Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. If done correctly, with the right heart, God promises it's going to be okay, right? He doesn't promise you that you're going to be a millionaire, 
says, I am sufficient, and you will get that. So in closing uh, the sermon, I want to leave you with a story that, uh, oh, it's my favorite Sunday school story. I love this story. I tell it everywhere I go. It's a metaphor, right? It's applicable in many situations, but uh, I think it's particularly telling uh, and relevant to this uh, idea of money and worship. There was once a young pup who approached a wise old dog. Okay, no one knows the story, right? <sighs> the young pup exclaimed, every time I'm happy, my tail wags. Okay, I think happiness is in my tail. If I could just catch it, I will be happy. Okay. The wise old dog chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to the young pup, I also think happiness is in my tail. But after years of failing to catch it, I can tell you that it will always escape your grasp. So what I've done instead is this. Instead of chasing it, I make it chase me. I move forward, and it follows me wherever I go. Now, happiness is with me wherever I go. Did everyone get that? You seem confused. Okay. Okay, moving on. So, brothers and sisters in Christ, move forward. Move forward towards God. And when you do, per God's promise, everything else should fall into line. This not only applies to money, it permeates all spheres of life. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and God will take care of it. That's a life truth. It's not about the job you're in. It's not even about you. It's not even about us. It's about who you worship. And it's only through the gospel that is the power of Christ that you and I can be free from the things of the world that tie us down and stop us from getting to God. So don't strive to get good at life. Get God and God will get you. God will get you there, wherever there is. And even if you end up at a there that you didn't expect, if you followed God, it will have been worth it. And you will have done well. Let us pray.